Hello, my name is Matt Troop, and I am the CEO of Conway Regional Health System, and welcome to our One Team, One Promise podcast. Today, I have Mr. Alan Finley, our uh, Chief Operating Officer. Welcome, Alan. Thanks, Matt. It's good to be here with you. Thank you uh, for agreeing to do this. Oh, yes, yes. A new feature. Yeah. Constantly innovating on the One Team, One Promise <laughs> podcast. Now we have cheers. And and I'd love to say it's a real audience, but yes, an audience, yes. So maybe maybe we'll see what else we can explore. I don't know other other sounds that might come out of that magic machine. So anyway, well, thank you for being here. Just start us off, Alan, with um, a little bit about about you, your 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 background. Um, I know a lot of it, but uh, um, tell us a little bit about kind of your your journey. Where where are you from? Well, I grew up in Texas, and uh, I'm familiar with Texas. Yeah, yes, yeah, we have that in common. Uh-huh. Uh, my dad was a minister, so we moved around about every three to five years, and uh, spent some time in the Houston area. Well, I actually was born in Tulsa, so I was two years old. We moved to, uh-huh. down to West Columbia, Texas. Spent about three years down there, and then I started uh, elementary school in the Houston area, Deer Park mm-hmm. suburb of Houston. And then we moved to north, the north side of Houston, went to school there in uh, Oak Forest was the, the area. And then went through junior high there and then went to high school in Longview, Texas. Okay, good. And um, you, you grew up in Texas and then did you go to, go to college in Texas or? So uh, my family had uh, two of my sisters, so I had three sisters, and two of them had gone to a uh, faith-based liberal arts school in Tampa, Florida. It's okay. called Florida College. Uh-huh. Uh, students uh, enrollment, probably about 500 students. Oh, wow. Uh, Total, amongst all grades. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's a very small school. And uh, so I'd always planned to go there for yeah. my uh, college, you know, at least my associate degree there. Yeah. And so I went there and uh, I went for two years, Got my associates, and then uh, decided I, I was had some interest in preaching, and so I did two years of religious studies after that, hmm. and that was a great opportunity. I wish, you know, in hindsight, I wish I'd have been more serious about it because I had some outstanding professors, and yeah. uh, you know, looking back now, I go back and visit their classes if we're on campus, and it's like, well, it was just rich. Uh, yeah. But uh, anyway, it was it was a great experience, and then. Uh, Went on from there to Stephen F. Austin, got a business degree there. Mm-hmm. I lacked six hours finishing up my business degree there, and Julie and I got married while I was in school there. Okay. Is we, that where you met Julie, at Stephen F.? No, I met her in Florida, okay. in, in Tampa, at school there. And uh, she, like my family, a lot of their kids, uh, I guess all the kids in their family went there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so we met. I'd been there two years, and uh, kind of funny story, our... Uh, I was dating a different girl. She was dating a different guy. I was close friends with her boyfriend, and she was close friends with my girlfriend. And uh-huh. so she would cut my hair, and I would pay her with Oreos. And <laughs> <laughs> supposedly she couldn't, uh, I may get her in trouble, but she couldn't bill for her services because she wasn't licensed. So oh. <laughs> the Oreos were okay, and she loved Oreos. But anyway, while she was cutting my hair, she would, we would, we would, uh, talk about our dating uh, experiences, and, uh, you know, I would talk to her about some of the challenges I was having, and she'd Uh, talk about some of her challenges, and so uh, after about several months of this, and she and I were very close friends uh, already, we would do stuff together, I realized that 
I really liked her. Yeah. You know, and yeah. uh, it took her longer for some reason. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and I actually, uh, while we were just friends, I went to her family's home in, in southwest Arkansas. Her dad was a farmer, oh. and uh, I thought that was really neat. So, and yeah. I liked her, and I liked her family, and so... At Christmas time, I would leave home for uh, three or four days during the Christmas break, and down in Houston, when, where we lived at the time, my parents had moved, um, and I'd spend some time with her family there. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. And but anyway, we um, Th- things progressed. Obviously, progressed, yeah. You guys got married 30, while you were at in Nacogdoches. Yes, okay. and uh, I finished. You know, I went to school there. When uh, after about a year and a half, we'd been married. I decided I wanted to farm with her dad. Her dad was a farmer down in southwest Arkansas and wow. raised uh, rice and cotton and soybeans. And uh, uh, I thought, wow, that's really a cool way to live. And, uh, yeah. Uh, and it is for the right person, but uh-huh. <laughs> I was not a farmer. <laughs> right. <laughs> so... Uh, what what led you to that? Just the just lifestyle wasn't for you. You didn't have a passion for it. Yeah, or? you got to love it, and yeah. uh, it's it's a, it's extremely hard work. There's a tremendous yeah. amount of risk. Uh, probably ninety five percent of the variables are out of your control. The weather, the price, you know, uh, just so many things that you know. And it's tremendous to build faith. You know, either it'll build your faith or destroy it. You right. Know? And, uh, uh, but but I saw a lot of men who had uh, invested their whole lives into farming and lost everything in you know in their sixties yeah. and seventies and so that didn't you know that said I really don't want to do that. Yeah, um, I was in a rice field when I decided to go back to college. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, was it as grand as like a vision, like you know, harkening back yeah, to your studies? Was, it was like, what am I doing here with this shovel in my hand? Yes. You know, I got a degree and. <laughs> And I didn't, I didn't really love it. It wasn't in my blood. Like yeah. Julie's dad just loved it, and yeah. uh, and several of her, her brothers farmed with him as well. But uh, it just wasn't me. And so I decided, you know, I need to pursue another uh, something else. Yeah, yeah. And well, what drew you to to healthcare? I mean, I, you know, healthcare administration, uh, as most folks that know that are that are in it, and if you don't know if you're outside of it, you just don't really hear much about that field. Uh, yeah. People don't oftentimes know what we do in healthcare administration. So what, what drew you to the field? How did you find out about it? Yeah. Well, I, I heard a little about hospital administration. I had a brother-in-law that had a little bit of interest in it. He was actually an engineer. And, and I remember at one point in my earlier childhood and my sisters are quite a bit older. So I was probably in the, you know, early teens and he had expressed some interest in being a hospital administrator to my sister. And I thought, oh, that's kind of a neat idea. And that's really the limit of what I knew about it at that point. Um, but uh, my wife and I, during our pre- the pregnancies, we never had anything like a normal pregnancy. So we spent uh-huh. a lot of time in the hospital. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, I thought, this is really a neat place. Yeah. I'd never been in the hospital as a kid. Um, yeah. But, I mean, literally weeks we spent there, and I, I liked what they were doing. And so I had a business degree from Stephen F. Austin, and um, I thought, well, maybe there's a way to couple business and healthcare. I thought about medicine. I thought about therapy, nursing, different different types of clinical paths. But uh, the, the business side appealed to me as well. And so I uh, started exploring schools, and how do you – I talked to different administrators going – 
meet them in their office yeah. and talk to them about what they did. And they were really gracious and talked to me about it. And I enjoy doing that now for people as well. But um, found out that I really probably needed a graduate degree. Yeah. So in in Arkansas in particular, it seems like it's a very collegial um, healthcare administrative field. Mm-hmm. Um, people very are very receptive. Uh, there's there's a bond amongst mm-hmm. hospital administrative people. It seems like, um, and a and a sense of collaboration. So it doesn't surprise me that they would open up their doors to you. Yeah. Now there was a stop in between the rice field and graduate school, right? Did I have this correct? TCBY. Yes, I was. Uh, so picked up my family of we had three small children. Uh-huh. We moved to Little Rock from from Bradley, Arkansas, where we lived down in Southwest Arkansas. And uh, I had a job lined up uh, selling copiers uh, while I was uh-huh. in graduate school. So we were packed up, ready to go. And apparently uh, the, they didn't, I thought they had offered me the job, but apparently they had not. So uh, <laughs> That's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, particularly when the, the truck was loaded, we were moving. And, no kidding. Uh, wow. Yeah. And so we moved up there and I spent about uh, three or four months in multiple jobs we moved in with the preacher at the church that we were going to go to. Now, where, his where is there? This was Little Rock. Oh, Little Rock, okay. Yeah, and so we had three small children. They had three small children. I think about a week after we got there, we had this horrible stomach virus that went through and wiped out the whole, oh, you know, wow. all, yeah. all eight of us or however many there were, uh, <laughs> ten. And um, But anyway, um, so I, I did, he and I did some construction work together for a while, roofing houses, painting and all these things, just trying to... I was just trying to make money to keep, yeah. keep you know some food on the table, and then I got a job uh, in a car wash uh, at a, as a manager of an oil change, <laughs> uh-huh. Mister Tidy in, in North Little Rock. Wow! And then I got a job with TCBY, TCBY as an accountant there. Yeah, and that was that was great. You know, all great the free experience. frozen yogurt you could eat. I actually was, uh, you know, since I, I'm known for it liking to eat yes and, uh so they actually would bring me in occasionally to test new products <laughs> <laughs> that might have been my greatest contribution there yes but, yeah if you've if you've not met alan you wouldn't think that you know eating a lot of food is something you do you're not you're not overweight or you know i'm working on a stretch though. but uh but yes alan is is famous for you know first breakfast second breakfast uh first lunch second lunch you know uh He's he's always up if if we're in a meeting and say hey you want to go go get lunch first he's he's always in he's the you'll, first to volunteer you'll get a yes from me on that yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome so um, so then you go you went to graduate school at, at UAMS right well it was at UALR at the time Euler, I'm sorry mm-hmm. yeah and then it moved later to UAMS but so I went at night yeah worked as an accountant during the day and uh, yeah. A dad, you know, whenever possible. My wife uh, was a great trooper through all that. She oh, took gosh. care of the kids. She actually uh, babysat children in her home while we were doing that to kind of help, you know, yeah, help, help with the income. Some wow. And uh, but I went over four years, um, so I went part time at night, mm-hmm. which all the all the classes were at night in that program. So yeah, but uh, yeah, those were. I mean, it was just a blur. I but, bet. Yeah, just working your way through it. Golly, uh, a lot of a lot of work and school and and balancing a family had yeah. to be had to be tough. And then you've had one job since then. Yes, not one job, but one employer. One I employer. Should say, yeah. Uh, at Conway Regional. So what what brought you to Conway? 
So when I finished my graduate program, I was I had no real working healthcare experience. So I needed to have a go through a residency program, mm -hmm. and so I interviewed several places in Central Arkansas, and fortunately, the first two didn't work out. Hmm. Jim Somerset was the CEO of of Conway Regional at that time, and he had gone through a residency program, really well structured program at Baylor. Mm -hmm. And so he and he was interested in doing that again, and so I interviewed with him, and he offered me the job, and I've been here ever since. So that wow, twenty six years ago, I mean twenty seven years in August. Yeah, yeah. So that would have been my math is really bad. Nineteen ninety two, ninety three, ninety three. Mm -hmm. Okay, at really the height of um, of of talk about healthcare reform, mm -hmm. you know, and and Hillary Care or whatever they called it, I guess back in the day. So. Um, the industry really grew during that time, at least healthcare administration as a field, you know, really grew. That was around the time it started spiking my interest too mm -hmm. uh, in healthcare. So you came to, to Conway, Somerset hired you on as a resident. And then uh, what, what was being a resident at Conway Regional like? You know, we're, we're about to get a resident, and I don't know when the last time we had a, a, a resident like this. Yeah. Um, I know we've had interns over my four years here, but this is the first, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but what was it? What was it like? It was a great experience. What I found was that I was able to interact with department directors in a in a way that they would just sit down and open up to me. Yeah. And uh, I, w I was not threatening in any way. I mean, right. I just was there to learn, and they they were very willing to teach me. And so I, I rotated through every basically every department in the hospital. I uh, was able to participate in board meetings, spend time with the CEO, um, go and actually work with some other uh, organizations in the area as well. Mm. They were very supportive as well. But I would write a little summary report at the end of each uh, department that I rotated through. And I think that was certainly helpful to me, but it was helpful to the CEO because he was relatively new at the time too. Yeah. And so it kind of gave him a flavor of what was going on as well. Yeah. And... Um, but it was it was structured after a medical res residency where you go through all the different areas, and then I had some projects that I worked on as well. Yeah, yeah, that may be its own podcast in an, in another day. But uh, it sounds very similar to to my experience as an administrative resident. You spend time shadowing different departments, working within different departments. Mm -hmm. And I remember, it's funny, I hadn't really thought about this until you said it, but that, that weekly or, or bi-weekly report on all the different areas that I visited, and you want to you wanna sound insightful, but at the same time, you don't want to give the CEO or whomever's reading the report some sense that there's some big issue that gets right. somebody in trouble. You right. Know? <laughs> so yeah, you want to be non-threatening. And... Right, non-threatening, <laughs> but yet intelligent. So right. you want to, you know, not just say, well, I rotated through food service and, you know, yeah. big deal and... You know, I, I saw people eat with their hands in the back or, you know, <laughs> spit in the soup. I mean, I, you don't really want to say those things. Um, but at the same time, you know, you want to, you want to sound like you've got some insight. So, mm -hmm. But it's a, it's a really challenging, can be really nerve-wracking time uh, to be in a resident, but to be a resident. So after that one-year time frame, um, tell us about your first gig. I think I know the first gig. Yeah. But tell us about the first gig. So about the time we I finished up the residency, we were in conversation with the hospital in Clinton, and mm -hmm. uh, they had a, as they do now, a hospital and nursing home up there, and we had signed a management agreement there. And I can remember Jim 
calling me in his office to tell me about having this opportunity, and it just scared me to death. Oh yeah, you know? <laughs> so, uh-huh. uh, right out of the out of the gate, uh, and, it, and the hospital was really struggling at the time. Yeah, and uh, and so they had uh, quite a story of. of problems with the previous administration and the medical staff and their financials and all. But uh, anyway, so I went up there and... Uh, that, that's a huge step right out of, basically right out of graduate school, right out of residency, and then you're CEO of a 25-bed critical access hospital. Right. Yeah. And they had, I think, 110 nursing home beds at the time. Now, they had a too, nursing yeah. home administrator that oversaw that but reported to the, the hospital CEO. Yeah. So I learned, you know, I had learned a lot the previous year, but I learned a tremendous amount uh, in those years. So I was there about three and a half years in that role. Yeah. And uh, we were able to work through some issues that uh, had existed uh, that were really detrimental to the the, the survival of that organization. Hmm. So getting the physicians back on board, um, we while I was there, we got a license for a home health agency, and that process was really interesting. Working with the state to get because the um, the window of opportunity for hospitals to open nursing um, home health agencies had had closed, hmm. and so we worked with the state agencies to get that opened up again, and that was uh, so they still have that home health agency today. Oh, wow! wow. Um, now, what was um, Jim Somerset like as as a leader? Um, he he came in, I guess, the early '90s. Mm-hmm. Left in the late '90s. Is that about right? Yeah, he was there. I think five or six years. Okay. And uh, so Jim was uh, very progressive. Had a lot of really strong vision for where the organization could go. Uh, there was that, during that time we went through a, uh, which is I mean, people that were there it was a big deal. We had a lawsuit between the city and yeah. the and the health system over whether it was a city hospital or not. And Jim was, you know, right in the middle of that and very, you know, had a very strong opinion about that it was a freestanding organization. Hmm. And and I can remember some experiences going to, I would go to to city meetings to maybe ask for a variance on a sign variance and all, and that came into play in a lot of those discussions. So that was, now that, that occurred when I was back at uh, Conway after my three and a half years at, yeah, Clinton. But uh, yeah, Jim, I learned a lot from him. Uh, he was very generous in his time and helping me. He wanted me to have a really good experience like he had had yeah. in his early years training. So, uh, but uh, he had a, you know, very, like our fitness center now was his brainchild, really. Yeah. And that was very uh, cutting edge for a health system back, you know, in 1995 in that yeah. time period. Major investment. I can remember him telling me basically he was betting his career on that, you know, <laughs> and uh, uh, it was successful. Wow. And I, I remember sending him a uh, email when we hit five thousand members. And this was a number of years later after he had yeah. left, and uh, you know, something he could be proud of. Yeah, yeah. Well. There was a real growth spurt during his tenure. It seemed like, mm-hmm. it, if you think about it, like so there was that, and then the. I think the ASD was at yes. kind of generally around the same it time, was. inventory surgery mm-hmm. department, and then rehab hospital came after, but it was really his structure or his, you know, game plan, right? I mean, the uh, yeah. brainchild, I guess. Possibly that... so. I think it happened um, after. Uh, yeah, during uh, 
Well, Jim Lambert, I think, worked directly with oh, okay. uh, Mr. Robbins. Okay. John Robbins worked. He was the CEO during that time period. So. Okay, okay. And so you, you moved back um, in a – when you came back from Clinton, you were in a VP role. Is that right? Right. And then so sort of grew into – Yeah, my title was Vice President of General and Diversified Services. So <laughs> Diversified. <laughs> yeah. So they didn't really have a single word or even two words that could describe it. So it was yeah. uh, sort of support services with some clinical areas. I had home care. I had the fitness center. And, yeah. Uh, I was not a real big fan of that title. But, <laughs> uh, but it was, uh, again, a great opportunity to get involved. And uh, I was glad to be back in Conway. I had a good experience up at Clinton. I uh, wanted to kind of get back into a larger organization and, and yeah. work here. Barry Brady was the uh, VP of, I guess he called it support services. Our our uh, area of oversight kind of changed when I switched, but he went to Clinton when I mm. left. Okay. And uh, then I ended up here in, in that role. Okay. That's the name I have not heard, Barry Brady? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think Barry's down at Children's now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, and so fast forwarding to today, um, your, uh, current span of responsibilities and, and, uh, what you oversee today, tell, tell the group what, what you do now. So I'm chief operating officer and I'm responsible for many of the diagnostic areas in the hospital, the lab, uh, imaging, cath lab, also the therapies, uh, yeah. the, and respiratory therapy, physical therapy, and those therapies, uh, home health, yeah. fitness center. Yeah. Uh, it's a pretty diversified group of services. <laughs> hey, that would may come up again. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. And then in June, we signed a management agreement uh, for the hospital in, in Dardanelle. Yeah. So I'm site administrator there in Dardanelle. Yeah. Did you yeah. know that? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I remember that now. Dardanelle, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. That little, little hospital up there that uh, has has been a quite quite the project. Yes, um, it is. You know, it's funny you hear about health systems merging, billion-dollar systems merging, and mm-hmm. and in some sense you think about, well, it's just a, it's just a 25-bed hospital, mm-hmm. you know, what, what can be so complicated in some sense. But then, again, it, it, there's been a lot, of, a lot of work and effort there to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Alan has uh, kind of been the glue that has held together a lot of disparate areas, a lot of diversified areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, together to to make that hospital uh, a part of our health system, so it's been been quite a challenge, hasn't it? It has. It's it's been fun in a lot of ways, though. Uh, just doing something very new and different. Yeah. And uh, working with the there's a lot of good folks up there, and uh, they uh, have been very receptive, both the employee base and the board there, and uh, been very happy to have Conway Regional involved and. And this has been, if anything, has been a team effort because it, it has taken uh, our directors and administration, all different areas, uh, working together to, to make that transition. Yeah. And we did a, a project um, software, Trello. We used that, and it mm-hmm. was very helpful in navigating through that. We're still working with that system. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it's been a... It's been fun to see the progress there. Yeah. Yeah, and I, th- I think it, 
the health system's been very blessed to have someone like you who's got, uh, this word's going to be the word of the day, <laughs> a diversified experience and, and all those relationships and is well known throughout the organization. So when there is a problem with uh, IT or lab or what have you, you're not relearning that process. You've, you've touched that area at some point, probably mm-hmm. in your career, either help lead that area or know uh, those folks. And so that's just been a really valuable asset. And I know they really appreciate your your presence and your connection between uh, their local operation and, and Conway Regional. Mm-hmm. It's been a real real blessing to have that kind of bench strength. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you enjoy most about your job? Well, I, I mean, it's probably an overused cliche, but I, I love working with people. I mean, yeah. I, I, I feel like just seeing something that needs to be done and working with people to accomplish it. I think that's, that's, there's a lot of satisfaction in that. I, I think healthcare to me is, I think of noble careers, noble services. I mean, healthcare, education, very active in our church. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like those things are just so necessary for, you know, humans. Yeah. And, uh, I feel like being part of that has just been very satisfying and, and yeah. being able to see good things happen for people that are you know, sick or having a baby, whatever. It can be something unpleasant, something pleasant. Just being able to participate that in that at some levels is very satisfying. Um, I'm proud of what we do here yeah. and uh, uh, the organization. Yeah. You know, I feel like Conway Regional has a very strong name in the yeah. state and uh, and I think that's it's great to be part of that and having been with it that that long has been uh, very satisfying yeah it is uh, kind of cool to, to think about particularly from a faith perspective you know people tend to segment their their life right to faith mm-hmm. and family and I go to church on Sunday and mm-hmm. and maybe Wednesday and you know maybe in a Bible study or two but you know, healthcare is one of those areas where you can really integrate your your faith mm-hmm. um, and and live it out and actually see uh, the benefit of that. And I'm, I'm a firm believer that you can live out your faith in any profession, but right. in healthcare in particular, it's just so close to what we do. Um, one of the things that we do uh, every week at ELT is we we run through prayer requests. So if people are going through a difficult illness, and I say people, our staff, doctors, uh, maybe even our own family members going through things and, um, you know, being able to talk about that and, and lift those people up in prayer and thought. And mm-hmm. it's really a cool aspect of our culture. And it's just really ingrained in who we are as healthcare providers, mm-hmm. you know, just uh, kind of inherent in who we are. Uh, Alan also has another title. He is our team chaplain. So <laughs> he, he is uh, someone who uh, will oftentimes, as we as we have a pr- uh, opening reflection or a prayer, he helps to lead that. And and you know, I know I know Paul is not a part of this um, podcast, but I want my voice to sound like Alan's. That deep, you know. <laughs> That's what I keep telling him. I want him to, you know, somehow modify my voice to sound like maybe I don't know Sean Connery or somebody else. I can't come up with anything, but uh, but but you have that very deep voice. You sing uh, on the side, do you not? You're a part yes, of the choir. Uh, Paul and I were talking about that previously. Oh. Uh, I do sing in church, you know, just mm-hmm. congregational type singing. Uh, when I was in college, I sang quite a bit. Yeah, we either in barbershop or in chorus and all and. Really enjoyed that, and still we love to sing as a family. And uh, um, but uh, it's 
sometimes to me having a singing voice is is a challenge though because it's not always a good talking voice and yeah so it, it's, uh, <laughs> but, uh, well i I love music. I cannot sing, uh, and I have so bad that that is a talent I wish I had, or to play a musical instrument, but um, I can't do either. You know, maybe maybe I need to punt this to you as an objective to be head of our Conway Regional Choir. Anybody? <laughs> anybody out there? Anybody? You can play the crickets? Yeah. Right. There we go. Yes. There they are. There wasn't any applause. <laughs> there was no, no applause. When I worked in Dallas at Texas Health Dallas, they started a choir. The staff mm-hmm. started a staff choir, and we would open up you know, department meetings and stuff, and they would sing you know, yeah. different songs at Christmas or what have you. And so I just thought that was really kind of cool. People got really passionate about the choir. Um, but um, I think I'm trying to force that one too hard. <laughs> Nobody, I throw it out there. Nobody does anything with it. So... I can't. Yeah. I can't push it. I can't push it. Well, you so. don't have to sing to lead, though. So, maybe. well, that's right. I can just wave my arms, and, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh gosh! And I, I skipped right over this earlier, but um, uh, family-wise, you've got like twenty-seven grandchildren. I yeah. think, at this point, uh, <laughs> seven about to be eight. Is that right? So uh, we have six born. Six. One one is due this Friday. Okay, number seven. Yeah, that's right. And uh, so, yeah, so Julie and I have four kids, and three of them are married and have now their own families. And, yeah, so we're planning, Lord willing, to take a trip this Friday to uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky for our seventh grandchild. Oh, wow. And, uh, and then we found out uh, number eight's due in August. And so, very blessed there. What a uh, blessing. Yeah. It is. It's, uh, I mean, they're grand. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's, it, that's why, I guess that's why they call them grandkids. But, uh, we just spent the past weekend. We did our Christmas early because our daughter-in-laws, uh, they're going to introduce her on Friday. And so we moved everything up. So there was, I think, 16 of us, something like that. Wow. Uh, just our kids and grandkids, my wife and I. And, uh, we had a blast. It was yeah. uh, it was a uh, very uh, high-energy area. And, <laughs> and so we've got actually two of the grandsons at home with my wife right now. Oh, boy. And so when I left the house this morning, she told me, said, Pray for me. <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna be worn out. Yeah, I'm sure. So, yeah, when I left, Buzz Lightyear and a policeman were there. They th- this was the costume Christmas. Oh, okay. Family, so okay. Yeah. <laughs> that is that is awesome. Yeah, it's funny to see grandparents talk, and I'm I'm obviously not one yet, but it, the you see their face just light up and there's really a lack yeah. of words. There's just, yeah. they're just awesome. It's just awesome. That's about all a grandparent, especially a new grandparent can ever say. And so I, I'm, I'm looking forward yeah. to it in due time. Yes. In due time. It's, uh, Your time will come. I'm sure it will. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. Um, but uh, that is su- such a blessing. Well, Alan, thank you again for taking time to, to do this. Um, Alan, is someone who I think if you get to know him is very even keel. You rarely see Alan get uh, get fired up, <laughs> yelling too much, or or too down. And uh, I love our ELT team because each each individual fills a very uh, unique and sp- uh, special role. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know your your role uh, is really valuable on that on that team. And uh, so blessed to have you a part of it and uh, part of our of our future as well. So. Thank you for doing this. That's uh, our One Team, One Promise podcast. Uh, Tune in soon for our next interview.